Hey there, lovely souls. I'm your host, Allison Toth, and I want to give you a warm welcome to Wishing You Wellness, the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. When it comes to rock bottom, I've been there more than once, and I know what it's like to wake up daily to mental health struggles. On this podcast, I share insight and stories to help motivate and inspire you and to help you feel less alone in this. In Wishing You Wellness, we talk inner child healing, mindset shifts, radical self-love, the art of intentional living, and so much more. Think of me as your mental wellness bestie. If you're ready to step into your power and change your life, just hit play. you guys welcome back to another week of wishing you wellness it is so good to see you if it is your first time hello welcome to your favorite place in the mental health hemisphere um if you have been here since day one i love you shout out thank you so much for being here and if you started somewhere in the middle like recently i really appreciate you and shout out and i love you so today is part two of a very fun and very short but also very fun series called the self-love vortex with allison toth and Kylie Wyrick. And I have my girl Kylie back in the recording studio with me for like probably the fifth or sixth time on my show. And then I've been on her show a bunch too. So like this has become like my morning coffee and like (laughs) putting collagen on my skin before bed. Like checking in with Kylie is such a highlight. And when I get to do it, I feel so good and so lit up. And you will always hear Kylie and I before we record talking about that because like it's just very potent. And I feel like when we're around people like that, it builds us up and it supports our highest self. So Kylie, welcome back. Thank you for coming back on to Wishing You Wellness. And I'm super excited to dive into another week of self-love vortex. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. And I'm so excited to be here. I've taken a little bit of a break from my own show. And so this is kind of like an initiation back onto the microphone and it just feels so good. So as always, thank you so much for having me. And I love what you said too. Like you'll always hear us before we record, just talk about how getting on the phone and like checking in with each other fills my bucket. It fills me up. And it's so important to have those friendships that do that. You know, friendships should add, they should build you up. They should never take away or tear you down. And so checking in with you and getting on the phone is an act of self love in itself. And yeah, I am just so excited to get into today's, like you said, short and potent, but so sweet of an episode. (laughs) Our chats are self-care. That was so well put. Like our chats literally feel like self-care and I love it. So excited. So you guys, today I wanted to talk about something because I am kind of new to dating myself and dating yourself, literally just dating yourself, is this idea of like treating yourself the way that you would treat a romantic partner that you just met and you were trying to win over, that you were like falling in love with, that you were spending your life with. Because ultimately at the end of the day, we spend our whole entire lives with one person, our self. So why is it that we always spring to remember flowers for our partner or to pick up their favorite snack, but maybe we don't do that for ourselves. And maybe we always remember our best friend's birthday and to bake her a cake, but when have we ever baked ourselves a cake? So Kylie, I'm curious, what do you think it really means to date ourselves? Oh, this is a really good question. And I think it's a complex question too. I think there's so many different levels and variations to it, but I like what you said. It's like putting yourself in a position where 
you're treating yourself to the same exact level, like holding yourself to the same exact standards that you would hold yourself to in a romantic relationship, in a relationship with your lover, where you're wanting to like win this person over and you show this person how much they love you, right? Like maybe every single day you're telling your partner how cute they are. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and told yourself how cute you look? Right. And so this is the realization that I've kind of had recently as I am in a relationship and my partner and I have newly moved in together. So many of you guys know if you're in a relationship, it's one thing to take care of yourself if you're living in different houses, you know, maybe you have sleepovers here and there, but then you move in together and it's a whole new world trying to find that space for yourself. And the same thing applies, in my opinion, when you're single, like maybe you start hanging out with all of your friends and then all of your time goes away to playing, <laughs> playing with your friends. That was the <laughs> elementary school teacher coming out in me. <laughs> I was like, I love playing with my friends. That's how I hit up my friends. Yeah. I'm like, you want to come play? let's have a play date like come on <laughs> um but yeah like where where I was going with that is it can be so easy to drive our attention away um into external things that of course we love and we want to love but at the end of the day you can't fill another person's bucket unless yours is already full right mm-hmm. so to me that's what self-love and dating yourself comes back to is making sure that your bucket is full enough so that you can enjoy the extra things such as hanging out with your friends going out to dinner with your loved one and all of that good stuff first of all I just I have to say I love the fact that you say bucket like I've never heard somebody say fill their own bucket I've heard like your own cup your own glass and so like it's giving (laughs) such pacific northwest vibes that you're over there like filling my little bucket (laughs) your pail we need a whole ass rain pail for the water over here (laughs) that was exactly where my mind went I was like back in Seattle it's like pouring rain I was standing on my Airbnb porch I was like man they weren't kidding were they no it is no joke (laughs) (laughs) okay so that kind of brings me back around to something that I wanted to share my friend Carissa um she listened to my podcast about healthy friendships and she ended up like journaling and like just doing this whole thing and it was really awesome and so she ended up writing her priorities down because that's one of the homework assignments I give on an episode of wishing you wellness is go home and write out your top five priorities see how long it takes you to name yourself and so she did that and she was like family friends work modeling financial security blah 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 me she was like holy fuck and I'm like yeah holy fuck so many women so many people in general but so so many women are this way because we're taught that we're the caretaker you know other people's needs comes first we need to make sure everyone's comfortable we're taught to be a good host you know hospitality and it's like but what about being taught to be self-assured and to take care of yourself and to really like ask yourself what do i need in this moment to feel the best i can yeah Here's what I recognized about that whole like the almost like the people pleaser role of women feeling like we're the caretakers and needing to make everybody happy all the time, you know, do this for this friend, do that for that friend, help these two friends like, you know, it's just feels like it's never ending. And what I've noticed is I've gone through these phases and I'm sure some of you guys can relate where maybe you get on this self care bender and for like, 10 days straight you're waking up you're doing your morning routine you feel so good and then you kind of let it go and you let those like that time of self-reflection and whatnot go away 
in my own experience, that's when I start to like project, I get a little bit more anxious, I feel a little bit less grounded. And I'm just like going about my day on auto mode on autopilot, like I'm not bringing intention or mindfulness into anything that I'm doing. And so Mm -hmm. I think that it's so important that we do take the time to slow down and spend time for ourselves. Because even if we do have this role of wanting to help take care of other people, make other people happy, like, I'm sure that fills our cup a little bit, like, of course it does. But, 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 but you have to make sure that your cup is full and so that you're doing that from a point that is like energetically aligned. Yeah, you you can't, you literally physically cannot pour from the empty bucket. Like we say that so much and it's because it's so effing true. Like if you don't literally cement that into your head now, you're going to face burnout at some point. Like you will learn the lesson. You cannot pour from a place that is dehydrated. You've got to have that. Oh, I love it when you and it's dehydrated and it is because it's like you can give and give and give and give and give until you have no more to give. And then when you try, that's when it leads to burnout. That's when you get sick. That's Mm -hmm. when all of the stress piles onto your body and you experience way bigger like factors, you know, and um, I'm just thinking too, like the way that I respond to things is so like so, so, so impacted by and like directly correlated to the amount of time that I spend in self-reflection mm. um you know like even if I am showing up and helping someone there's such a big difference of if I've done my like yoga meditation and reflection practice before holding space for someone versus bringing my own shit into somebody else's day or you know it's almost like looking in a dirty mirror seeing through like a foggy windshield or something like that like you have to get your own shit out of the way if you ever think that you're going to be able to help and hold space for somebody else. Yeah. Oh, so true. And I think we have this idea too. Like I say dating yourself and probably the first thing to come to mind is like you would a five course meal, like drinking mm. an expensive glass of wine, blah, blah, blah. But like that's not all it is. It can literally be like giving yourself a compliment every single morning, making yourself your favorite cup of tea, putting on your favorite playlist, like telling your friend who loves to call you on her way to work, like, hey, I love to talk to you, but this is kind of my time to, you know, meditate before work. So I'm going to stop answering those calls and start doing that instead. Like just taking tiny little decisions that like you make from a place of you being in your own corner, because like that's what you think of with your partners. Like they always have your back. They're loyal to you. You got to be that way for yourself, too. And sometimes that means being a little bit uncomfortable, right? Like sometimes dating yourself is standing up for yourself and saying like, hell no to that treatment. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And even looking at the relationships in your life, the relationships with other things that you have around you as if you were giving advice to a friend, you know, like if you look at your friendships right now, if you had another friend that was like, oh, my gosh, Allison, I'm experiencing this with this person, this with this person, like, what would your advice be? And so you have to kind of like do these little check-ins with yourself, you know, just to make sure. And there's all these different categories too, right? Like you can check in, is your space clean? How was your car? How is I was just going to say that. Like- have you heard that like your room will directly reflect? It's the feng shui thing. Like they say in Japan, mm-hmm. like your space will directly reflect in your life. So if your space is a hot mess, you're going to be a hot mess. If your space is nice and tidy, you're going to be like abundant. I don't know. I wholeheartedly believe that too. And I'm a big believer too of like clutter or like decluttering and clutter clearing and affirming. Like as I get rid of things, like I no longer need this or I am like getting rid of like this heavy weight 
that no longer serves me. Like just getting rid of the stuff that you feel like is weighing you down. And Mm -hmm. something that I wanted to add is that you said sometimes you can think of dating yourself as like this five course meal and whatever. Um, But the other important thing is, you know, baby steps are key. Like they, they totally are key. Like dating yourself doesn't have to be going out to a restaurant. In fact, that's something, the idea of taking myself out to like getting a coffee and a brunch is something that I love. But right now the idea of doing that makes me a little bit anxious. And so I have this idea in my head of like, okay, I'm working towards that. But for now I'm devoted to spending 10 minutes in meditation or 10 minutes in my ritual, like every single freaking morning. And Yes. Something that I recently read, which I don't remember the name of the author right now, but anyway, um, she was talking about this idea. Oh, here we go. I'm going to completely blank. Oh, it's like the idea of sometimes affirmations can be seen as toxic positivity. And we've talked about this before too, right? Like if you look in a mirror and it's like, like, I am so beautiful, but you don't believe that then you're lying to yourself. And that's not necessarily like beneficial either. And so I was reading this author and this piece of advice that she gave was to speak your truth in the sense that you can affirm things like, I am willing to think about calling myself beautiful today. Or like, I am willing to think about taking myself out on a date today. Like, are you willing to at least think about it? So like starting to just bring these little, little things, little shifts into your life, taking the baby steps is absolutely key. Oh, stealing that. So if my girls who are in my revive program just heard that and hear it again in a couple weeks, mind your business. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to give credit to Kylie, but (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's going to be such a big topic though for us in revive is like the reason our nervous systems are so fucking deregulated is because we are not supposed to take in as much news, as much media, as much social media, and as much negativity as we do. We are on overload and we just like need to understand our nervous systems and how they work in order for us to maintain an emotional baseline and in order for us to stay out of crisis. Like there are two modes in this life. You are like chilling and you're vibing, you're here, and then there's crisis mode. And when it's kind of like survival mode, honestly, it's like survival modes on your way to crisis. There we go. It's like a big bar. And at the top, you're chilling. Then there's survival mode, which is where a lot of us live for a lot of our lives. And then down below that is when you're actually in crisis, when you call the mental health hotline, that kind of stuff. And so in order for you to keep that emotional baseline, you got to do more of the things that bring you up towards the chilling area. So Kylie, what do you think a few of those things are as you're kind of like an expert of the nervous system to me, at least. So like, I I really want to pick your brain on this. Um, Well, first of all, I wanted to just say I love that you said keeping that emotional baseline. It's like, what can you do before shit gets bad, right? Before it feels like it's things are too dark or too deep to get out of it. Or, you know, it's like, how can you just implement little baby things and wake up every single day and choose to feel good? This is something that I have a mentor right now. You know, I'm always working with mentors and she's somebody in my life that she's like, I'm going to give it to you straight. It's not easy. But you must wake up every single day and choose to feel good. And so for me, one of those things of like nervous system regulation is, of course, the yoga and meditation. But knowing that this doesn't always necessarily mean doing a downward facing dog on a yoga mat. Like yoga to me is a practice on and off the mat of whole body wellness. And so that includes taking time to reflect, taking time to do like a brain dump or a journal dump 
and just giving myself the opportunity to stress release onto a piece of paper before I stress release onto like other other people right um and so whether that's journaling whether that's like getting it out on your yoga mat whether that's going to the gym going for a walk dancing right like whatever it is in my opinion I guess they're they're I'm kind of getting to the point here it's moving my body It's moving the energy through my body that helps me stay grounded, that helps me come back to center. Amazing. You want to hear something beautiful? So I had a caller today and because of HIPAA, I can't tell you anything else, but we were like, I was talking them through a crisis and I was like, you know, this is kind of where we start to talk about distractions and kind of distracting your mind. And they go, I don't want to distract myself. I want to face this. And I was like, who? I was like, listen, bud, listen, friend, you are incredibly powerful, like more powerful than you know. In that one statement, chills went down my body. Like you have so much hope you don't even realize it. Like you are so, so there. And, you know, I, I really stress the journaling. I was like, I know it's cliche and you hear it all the time, but journaling is the one true way to connect with yourself. It's the way that I've accessed like this database in my mind that I didn't even know existed. I'll be journaling and shit will come out and I'm like, oh, I guess I feel that way. I had no idea I felt that way. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, damn. Oh, all the time. And that's been one of my number one rules is once upon a time, like when I first started journaling, I would start to notice like weird thoughts come out. And so I would, I would almost like stop writing and then like reread what I wrote. Now, if I start to notice some weird shit, I'm like, keep the pen going, like get it out because sometimes it feels like resistant or like, oh, I shouldn't be having that thought right now. Or like, that was really weird for me to think. But it's like, that's exactly why you need to get it out of your mind and onto the piece of paper. And that's a question that I get a lot is from a lot of people that are like, I don't even know how to journal. I don't know where to start. And like, there's no right way, right? For some people, journal prompts are helpful, but honestly, just grab a piece of paper and let your pen write. Like you don't need full sentences. You don't need, I know plenty of people that journal through drawing pictures and it's just like drawing their emotions. Right. I was about to say you can use like Notion or a digital platform. I know for the longest time I had this weird insecurity about journaling because I noticed uh, actually a psychiatrist pointed out to me that when I'm manic, my handwriting looks completely different than my normal handwriting. It looks like scary and unrecognizable. And so I would be journaling while manic and I couldn't stop that voice in my head that was just like, bitch, these thoughts are these thoughts are not real. They're just coming from mania. Like it was almost like imposter syndrome from that. I was like, these can't be like my thoughts. They're way too creative. And so I started doing Notion instead because I don't have handwriting on Notion. I can't get pissed about how my handwriting looks. And you can like (laughs) add pictures and tags and it's really cute. So even if you're not somebody who wants to sit and write or maybe you hate your handwriting, there are options for you. There's virtual, there's like what Kylie was saying. There's all kinds of stuff you can use. So don't let that stop you, even though it is a block. I will admit that. And I think that in general, we kind of look at journaling as something like fluffy. But it really is like an intense, intimate process with yourself when you do it often. It can be. It definitely can be. And on that note, too, if you're somebody that's like, hey, I hear you, but I've tried journaling. It's not for me and I don't want to try again. Right. Like if I've totally been there and I get it. The point that I think we're both trying to get across here is like the bottom line is spend time with yourself. Right. Like phone off, distractions off. Whether you're journaling, whether you're meditating, whether you're doing yoga, what all, any of the things that we've listed throughout today's episode is give yourself the opportunity to be alone with your own thoughts and like 
realize and recognize where you're at like where is your state of being check in with yourself before it gets to a point where you have no other option because your body and emotions are just shutting down I love that it was very scary at first for me to do that like I remember being so afraid to be by myself without music like I remember hearing somebody was like you should do your morning commute without music sometime and see what happens like see how different time moves and I was like hell no I was like there's no way I'm doing that that sounds like the worst thing ever and then I did it and I had all this resistance and honestly it was a great car ride like I started talking to myself out loud like like lunatics do like all great people do honestly I just started talking to myself I was like Allison how do we feel today and then I just like went through it verbally out loud and I was like that felt good Mm mm-hmm Oh, it's so good. And even using that opportunity to like say emo or say emotions, <laughs> that too. Call out your emotions, everybody. Apparently the teacher in me is coming out today. <laughs> but say your affirmations. And again, like it doesn't need to be this cliche like, I love myself, or like I feel pretty. I am pretty. Like, no, find an an affirmation that genuinely feels good to you and that maybe feels true, or like on the brink of being true. And when you say those things out loud, can you actually feel it? Can you put your emotion behind it and like genuinely feel those feelings in your body? Because it is so powerful when you can combine that energy with the mental aspect of whatever self-love, self-care practice that you're doing is. Love it. Love it. So I want to take this time to dive into some raunchy stuff. Kylie, how do we feel about a little frisky stuff? Oh, bring it on, baby. A little (laughs) surprise. I'm here for it. My girl. Yeah. Fun fact, guys. I never, not in general, tell my guest what's going on until we get on the show. Like I give them like a couple questions I may ask them. And then like 90% of the time we just start a conversation and it just like goes off the rails. And that's why I love this podcast. That's my favorite part of Wishing You Wellness. It's like, off the rails 24 <laughs> 7. No plan, baby. <laughs> Literally, no plan's the best plan. So, I want to talk about self pleasure practice because yeah. I don't know about you, but I grew up religious and I grew up in the church, and that was very important to me the church community, my relationship with God, all of that. And I still consider myself to be a spiritual and faithful person overall. And so, you know, that's it was it was so sticky because I loved the church so much and I loved religion so much. But I really, wait, where was I going to take this? We were talking about self-pleasure and you were saying like you grew up in the church. Did it have something to do with like how you feel about it? Correct. You got it. The guilt. The guilt was where I was going. That was specifically the point I was trying to make. And I felt guilty because like I love the church, but also like I loved to have orgasms. Like from the age of like 18, I had a vibrator and I was like, into my sexual pleasure practice and I felt super weird about it like I remember telling a therapist once like every time I'm about to orgasm I start feeling incredibly guilty what does this mean and like we Mm. dove into that and like so much healing happened but I remember like when I first came to the idea that like I wanted to put together a self-pleasure practice I felt so awkward about it and I have a friend who was always messaging me and she's like Allison I'm so awkward with my sexuality I don't like how my vagina looks all of these things what is your advice and I'm like, mm-hmm. get naked and take some mushrooms. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only kidding if you want me to be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, just like sit with yourself and tell yourself how beautiful you are. And like 
buy yourself that expensive toy that looks so nice and buy yourself like luxury candles to burn during your practice and don't just like flip on porn and first of all if you're going to use porn use belisa don't use pornhub pornhub is unethical porn belisa is ethical porn so cite me on that Cite me on distinction yeah 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 if you're going to be watching porn uh make sure you're watching ethical porn but erotica is better anyway who am i to who am i to judge buy yourself like <laughs> nice erotica i don't know what that looks like the 12 series on like cock-sucking vampires i don't know <laughs> whatever tickles your fancy yeah yeah and so kylie what kind of advice would you have to girls who feel like awkward and uncomfortable and nervous around the idea of self-pleasure and do you think Mm -hmm. that self-pleasure can exist without masturbation that's a very good question too oh okay first of all you are talking to the right lady (laughs) let me just (laughs) tell you that like my tantric queen yeah, that's to say this girl that you've been like talking about, this girl that feels like insecure in her body and doesn't like touching herself or doesn't the idea of doing that, it's like so awkward. That girl is me. That girl was me. And it's kind of similar to that guy, the experience that you shared on the phone with um I almost said a client, but like with somebody that was on the hotline the other night and he was like, No, I'm gonna face it. That is exactly what I ended up having to do was recognizing like okay, I keep hearing about this self like pleasure practice, but I honestly don't even know where to start. And to be completely honest, this is like so vulnerable, you guys. I just, I'm sure there's somebody out there that can relate, but I didn't know that girls could masturbate or, or, or make themselves orgasm. I gen, I swear to God, I had no idea. Like I knew that men did that, but it was never talked about that women did that. Like I, it's just the weirdest thing to mm-hmm. me. And then of course I had like seen different types of porn or whatever, dating like boyfriends throughout college. And like, there's, I never once experienced what it meant or what it felt like to have an orgasm. And what I recognized was that I was like, like, we've all been, we've all grown up with porn and this idea of what sex should look like. And I just want to say to get that out of your head right now, that has like been my biggest takeaway is what I've learned is that what feels good to me for self-pleasure is not what I'm seeing on the Pornhub. It is not what I'm like. It's it's just not. It's not like what this movie is, I think, that what people have like made it out to believe, you know. And so to me, it goes back to a body-based practice is like, can you, one, sit there with without a mirror, that there's two different sides to this. One, I'm very, I'm a big fan of mirror work. I'll get there in a second. But two, <laughs> before that, before that, can you be naked with yourself without a mirror? So you're not even looking at what you look like and and notice how you feel. Like, how does it feel when you rub your fingers up against like your skin? Like, how does it feel when you grab your boobs or whatever, you know, like whoever's listening to this, how does it feel in your body? Because when we start to get out away from how we look and worried about whatever the fuck we look like and how we look, that's when you end your true pleasure. And like, that has been the number one takeaway I think for me and is is also getting out of the comparison mindset you know I think that I've made my way into this corner of of the internet where there's a lot of like divine feminine empowered feminine leadership like manifest your dreams through your orgasm (laughs) I'm like sign me up (laughs) yeah I'm like seriously please (laughs) 
and that's not and I do like there is so much power in that and I can go there too it's like this power in why is it powerful to manifest through orgasming well you're at your highest vibration when you're in the peak of an orgasm literally in, baby. <laughs> the highest vibration that highest setting baby yeah. first of all I want to thank you for being so vulnerable because I feel like a lot of women were just like sitting there like yeah I feel seen because I feel seen mm-hmm. in that and sexuality has been something that's been easier for me as of lately but it's something that during that transition period was super awkward for me um second of all awkward yeah second of all i want to trademark uh an episode called the problem with porn you said that and i was like "Ooh, that's so good we need to go into the problem with porn because i say this a lot the problem with porn is that women feel like they need to be these performers in the bedroom and that they need to like shriek and throw their head back and like do these crazy things and it's like no no literally stop that do exactly what feels good to your body and if that's mm-hmm. putting on a broadway musical awesome if that is yeah. just having like tantric missionary sex with your partner awesome i'm not here to tell people how to orgasm that would be weird i mean unless i was a sex coach that would be okay right. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's really what it's what is all about what is finding what feels good to you and i think it honestly i keep going back to like getting away from what you think you're supposed to look like or what you think anything, pleasure with yourself, pleasure with a partner or multiple partners, whatever you think that's supposed to to look like, like get it out of your head and release those expectations and give yourself the opportunity to explore what feels good, not what looks good, but what, what feels good and know that that might not be what you're seeing on the hub. So yeah. like, <laughs> just you have to give yourself that that opportunity. And I also wanted to talk really quickly on the guilt and the feelings of like shame and guilt that you brought up. Um, totally. I was raised in a household where I'm not not religious. Like my family didn't go to church, but sex was never a topic of conversation. Not something that we're like open about. Um, just for making babies. Like, that's it. <laughs> right. For making babies. And speaking of, I actually had my mom tell me one time that she's only had two sexual experiences: once for me, and once for my brother. Whoa. And when I tell you the amount of work that has had to come up around that comment because I guarantee you anybody listening to this your parents have made comments and it doesn't they don't think twice about it they do not think about it how it impacts your mind at all Mm -hmm. but what did little baby high school Kylie think when she went to have sex for the third time in in one one week or one month right so coming away from this shame and this guilt and recognizing that you deserve to feel good you are here to experience like the full range of human like emotions and vibrations and pleasures and peaks and like that that involves the really low lows but that also involves the really high highs and there is nobody that should feel shameful guilty for wanting to experience the ultimate peak pleasure of this lifetime like do you guys it's like the the ultimate peak amount of fucking pleasure. Here's the we thing. Can't... It's like, it's it's religious. You scream, oh God, when you're climaxing. It's the closest we're getting to heaven, you know? It's... That's right. <laughs> and we decide That's this right. is a sin. This is, I don't know. And there's there's multiple layers to it, right? I think it's like, it's such a beautiful thing that you can take it where you want to. Like, if you're interested in becoming some like tantrika princess, like follow the tantric path get into the energy work get into the chakras find your awaken your kundalini energy like you can take it as far as you want or you can use it as a way to come back around to dating yourself 
and allowing yourself to feel good with yourself. Even if you're in a partnership too, I want to Matt, I want to mention that. Even if you're in a partnership, same thing applies. You need to be spending time with yourself in the bedroom because how can you direct your partner into telling him or her or they what you like or what feels good when you don't even know that for yourself? Right? Oh, that's such a good point. Oh, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's like you said at the very beginning of the questions, it's like, it's awkward. It's really fucking awkward, but it doesn't need to be. And so I think also having conversations like this Mm -hmm. is something that helped me move away from the shame was like realizing we're, we're literally humans. We're all here because of sex, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. If you're that like in the closet about sex, like you have to look around and realize (laughs) that none of us would be here if penises weren't entering vaginas and stuff. So like. (laughs) And so anytime that I start to feel shamed or embarrassed, because that's it, like the embarrassed part comes up too, right? It's like, okay, it's a Monday morning at like 11 a.m. Am I allowed to do this? Yeah. I don't know. feels naughty. (laughs) Right. Like anytime that comes up, I become the observer of those thoughts. One, think about where they came from, right? Like where I might, where is that voice in my head telling me that this is shameful and this is dirty and this is bad, right? So just kind of paying attention to where those thoughts are coming from, what they are, um, where they might be rooted off of, and then recognizing like, all right, I'm human and this is part of the human experience. So if it's what feels good, it's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I want to do a quick shout out my asexual people who are like, okay, how do I have self-pleasure? Good news. Yeah, self-pleasure. I'm yeah, so it glad does, that you brought that up. Yeah. It does not have to be a sexual experience. If you're like, okay, I don't want to touch myself sexually. Okay. Go buy like the best lotion that smells so freaking good and rub it all over your body. Like pretend mm-hmm. you're giving yourself a massage. Like you are the masseuse tonight. And like, I'm back with the candles and the incense and put on some nice music and like order in some sushi if that's what you want like the self-pleasure ritual is just this idea of pouring so much intention and energy just like you would a ritual practice into your own self-pleasure and so whatever brings you pleasure maybe that's chocolate chocolate is an aphrodisiac maybe you're gonna eat a shit ton of dark chocolate that's awesome I support that like I think um anything that feels just good to your sacral chakra which is anything that makes you feel creative or like empowered that can be so, so good. I love that you brought that up too. That's such an important part. And, and a question that I kind of skipped over is like you were saying, you know, how can we do this without thinking about masturbation or without having to touch yourself? And that's where you bring in like, you know, there's sexuality and, the, and there's sensuality of like the senses. And so that's when you bring in like the ice cubes, right? Like maybe you dress up in some sexy lingerie or maybe it's your oversized baggy t-shirt that makes you feel hot, right? Like whatever that is. And like Allison said, maybe you get your chocolates and then you, instead of just garfing, 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 <laughs> just <them> garfing <laughs> instead of just garfing them down. <laughs> that was great. I was like Garfield. <laughs> Yes, Garfield in the bedroom. Here we go. (laughs) This podcast is taking a fun turn. (laughs) (laughs) It's like instead of just shoving the chocolate strawberries down your throat, can you take a moment to like maybe lick the chocolate off of it, right? Like just bringing in your your senses that maybe there's like some fire and ice something or another. I don't know. So like just doing little things. using lotion right giving yourself a massage with the intention of like you know like I love my body enough to give her self-care 
Yeah. I like your body deserves a massage. And oh. if it brings if it brings you pleasure, then that's self-pleasure. Mm, so I love that. that you, permission slip. you brought the point to uh sorry to cut you off there. You brought the point to sexuality and sensuality and that difference. And I'm so glad you talked about that. For the longest time I couldn't tell the difference. And I was like wearing my overt sexuality like a trophy like a little badge i was like i am queen sensual and people were like allison that's not sensual that's a belly shirt and i was like oh there's a difference <laughs> god damn it i love you <laughs> <laughs> like i swear and i think that there's something really empowering about stepping into our sensuality because in my mind i don't know if this is legit or if this is just in my mind but in my mind sexuality at least i tie to yes myself but also to other people where mm -hmm. sensuality feels like this thing that is like deeply mine and like yes I can share my sensuality with others but I'm not sexually exchanging my energy like it's my my senses that are engaged you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and a, a good example of this that's coming to mind is like for me I like when my boyfriend is away at work or like when I have alone time that is when I'll like light a candle turn on some music and like dance sensually in front of the mirror so maybe like slowly like you know doing whatever I want to do maybe I'm rolling on the floor I don't fucking know <laughs> that is different that is different than like me expressing my sexuality with my partner in the bedroom or like my sensuality with my partner in the bedroom it's like there's so many different ways you know different like ways to connect to your to your sensuality and it just you can do it in any day life also right like remember life is your lover so you can always just be flirting with yourself too <laughs> life is your lover wait i want to make merch that says that that's so amazing did it's you a just good one. you came up with that or is that like a quote you know what i had a mentor tell me that one time like a long time ago and it has fucking stuck is imagine <sighs> that life is your lover like make love to life and oh, because you I know, just... oh, that really does help with like this cynical mindset. Like life is so hard, life is so long. We hear it so often. It's like, no, this life is beautiful. It's sensual. It it's delicious. It's sexual. Like, it's even good. when it gets hard. Because if you think about it that way, like imagine tears and like crying. If you allow it to be, crying can be a very powerful, like sensual release. And it's, it's actually like a practice that I learned through this Tantra training that I did is it's like when you are crying or feeling anger, frustration, rage, grief, resentment, whatever it is, express those emotions, maybe shake the body, get it all out and then dance your way, like allow those emotions to transform from that state into pleasure. So mm. can you cry through it until you're moving and actually feeling good in your body and like thinking about bringing your emotions through your body and like connecting to yourself in a sensual way in that sense brings a whole new like it doesn't always have to be about like being naked or like you know being <laughs> like the like you said in the bedroom self-pleasure can be about all parts of life. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about self-pleasure, I think, is no one can tell you what it is. Like if you're mm -hmm. like, I know this beautiful, beautiful soul named Amblin and her favorite thing in the world, she's a horticulturist. So her favorite thing in the world is plants. That's like her passion. So like she was teaching me how to be a gardener at Death Valley and she would literally say affirmations to the plants as she's putting them in the ground. She's like, you are strong. You are loved. You are supported. Oh. And I'm like, that is pleasure. 
that is bliss. That is someone who loves their life. Like it, yep. I cannot tell you what pleasure and bliss looks like to you because I'm not you, but you can tell me exactly what that looks like. And it could be anything. That's the cool thing. Maybe it's arcades. Maybe it's scuba diving. Maybe it's bungee jumping. Maybe it's making banana bread. Like, isn't this so amazing that it just goes on and on and on and it's endless. And it's up to us to go find out what it is. I think I read something too recently that was like, stop waiting. Stop waiting around thinking that like your passions are going to come to you or, you know, the things that you want are going to come to you. Like you have to go out there and do those things that you think are going to make you feel good. You have to face those fears. You have to do the little things that are outside of your comfort zone to start moving into a place of comfort, right? Chase life, not people. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. Attract people. Don't chase them. But chase life. Because as much as like we want to believe that we can just manifest everything into reality, part of manifestation is putting in the work and being the energetic match for whatever it is that you're trying to uh, bring into your space. So we're co-creators. Look at at us. We brought it full circle. Me and Kylie, that's our thing. We are (laughs) co-creators. We are all about speaking on that. We are probably going to create a masterclass here pretty soon about being co-creators because like it is a very potent thing for us. Actually, I just had that idea. So message me. (laughs) That feels pretty good. I think we should start planning that now. (laughs) Yeah, right here on air. All right. So we're going to (laughs) need... I swear to God, though, that's how 90% of my coaching ideas came up. Like I'm just sitting talking to somebody and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, shit let's do it. Like, why not? Life is short. It's channeled. And that's what makes wishing you wellness so damn powerful. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for coming on again and sharing this space. You had so much insight and so much incredible vulnerability. So thank you. You're one of my favorite humans in the whole world to bring on the show because every time I get all these messages, people are like, Kylie was back. She was so good. Like, Oh, this makes my heart so happy. I always, always, always love coming on chit-chatting with you and just the insights that get that come through when when we're talking. Like we could have never planned that. We could have never planned anything that just came through in that episode. So shout out to you for holding the space. Thank you for all of the listeners that are here. And yeah, I am excited to be back. You guys, today's episode I just remembered was supposed to be on boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> coming soon coming soon. coming soon yeah instead we decided to talk about sex and pleasure so just like <laughs> welcome to the show welcome to it but i hope you guys loved this episode as much as i did i really really love this episode i'm gonna i'm gonna be posting this tonight because i'm just too excited so i hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did if you did give it a share on your story and tag me and kylie her name will be in the show notes as always kylie wyrick she's finding flow on instagram correct yes i am All right. And she is also doing, you should talk about your new Instagram a little. Oh, I appreciate that so much. I've, like I said, kind of in the beginning of this episode, I've just gone through this little bit of a brief break and um, just, you know, speaking of self-love and dating, right? Like Instagram got noisy. The media got noisy. Other people's stuff got noisy in my mind. So I've just been taking a break, kind of doing my own thing, refinding my authenticity. And where that is leading me is to showing up as a holistic health coach and a yoga teacher in the world of type 1 diabetes, which for those of you guys listening may or may not know, I've lived with type 1 diabetes for 14 years. So um, yeah, I'll give Allison that new Instagram handle as well. But it's really just been a new space that I've created and it's allowed me to show up more authentically. And if you need the permission, 
permission slip to do the same. I challenge you to do that now as well. Remember to always like post for yourself, you guys. That has been such a big freaking lesson um, through this whole journey. And yeah, thank you so much for letting me share on that. <laughs> oh, of course. And I love that you went into that because I'm feeling the same way. Like it's so different when you're creating. I just did an episode on this like a couple, like I think yesterday maybe about how like when you are trying to be for everybody, you're for nobody. But when you are speaking to a very specific audience, like exactly the person you are and like who you're trying to help, you reach more hearts because you're reaching for the right ones and you're not just gas grasping at fame and numbers and likes and stuff. I always get caught up in that game and then I stop and I'm like, Allison, if you are helping one person, I say this so often, it's on like every episode, mm -hmm. that's enough, that's enough. It's enough, we are enough exactly as we are in this moment. <laughs> I love you so much, Kylie. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here as always. This has been real and this has been tantric and this has been sexual and this has been sensual and this has been wishing you wellness.